This podcast was sponsored by Peach the Label, Australia's go-to destination for mid and plus-size fashion. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We at Fatanize pay our respect to the traditional custodians of the Mianjin land. This land is and always will be Aboriginal land. Is this thing on? Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand spanking new episode of the Fatinized Podcast. I am your host, Demi Lynch, and we are here today to talk about the issues and topics that relate to the plus-size community, that relate to all our fat bitches out there. I'm very excited for today's guest. We have Sev. They are a disabled drag artist and they have a lot to say always can't keep me quiet (laughs) Demi thank you so much for having me Uh, excited to share in some fat joy rage discussion debate let's make it happen yes I'm just so keen to just pick out your brain I think this is what I said to you in the messages because yes this is what your bio says you are Lord Severus disabled drag daddy I just I'm so keen to pick out your brain really really am I've dedicated a lot of time to being very out and very open about not just my ridiculous artistic exploits but also just my experiences as a fat person as a trans non-binary person as a disabled person um, the things I discover about myself about the world about intersectionality with every lived year in this body uh, gift and a curse uh, and uh fuel for the fire of way too many opinions so looking forward to venting some of them (laughs) yes well the first topic here I think you're gonna have a lot to vent about because I've been keeping my thoughts about this in for the last couple of days so I can vent it to you so as many of you know we recently had uh Australia Day or as normal people should probably call it invasion invasion day Australia Day that's just no we do not. Invasion Day. So No celebration of genocide in this house. Thank you very no, much. No, we do not celebrate intergenerational trauma. If you do, why are you listening to this podcast? But on that particular day, we had the Australian, Australian of the Year Awards. And the main one, Australian of the Year Award, went to a woman named Taryn Brunfit. Now, she is a body image activist. She's all about body positivity. Um, quick little rundown, basically a while ago, she put out a documentary called Embrace, which was all about, you know, body image, body acceptance, yada, yada. And then she also, I think it was a couple of years ago or just recently she had Embrace Kids. So her activism nowadays is more about, you know, body image for kids, that kind of thing. Now I have to preface this. She is a thin white woman. And I think what's important to discuss is that, yes, it's great that body positivity is getting, you know, the platform, all that type of thing, but she's an acceptable activist. Would you or would you not agree? 
says on this. <sighs> right. So, <laughs> look. Crack, crack the knuckles, get ready. Yes. Um, I, I think the first thing I want to say is really important that I'm, uh, I'm not here to tell anybody that uh, there isn't a correct face of activism, mm-hmm. particularly once you have a platform, particularly if you go viral. Um, using that platform to create positivity, support it. Love it. Um, Do I think that her work is important, that it has a solid message and that it reaches a lot of people who absolutely need it? 100%. Um, I just want to say right now that I can't really talk about this subject without also talking about themes that may be potentially triggering. So I would just like to put in a content warning right now um, I will not get into details. But there will be like brief mentions of eating disorders, body image, um, you know, and some of the things that that can lead to, um, particularly in children, but also across adulthood. Um, and in my experiences, particularly in the queer scene as well. Uh, it's super important. And I think her, her having this target of like having programs that support messages for children, I'm, I'm actually 100% behind. Uh, and I've, a lot of the commentary and the responses I've seen that have had some negative, you know, spins on it, some of it valid criticism, some of it a little bit too nitpicky. Um, I remember, like, I, I'm only speaking for myself as a trans person. I know that, my, you know, my journey and my experiences of myself aren't the same as other trans people. We're not a monolith. Our experiences are not all the same but I identify very closely with my childhood as a young girl, even though I do not identify as a woman now, um, even though I'm not a woman now, um, my experiences and were very shaped by being both a young girl and having um, resolved and understood gender um, concerns as well. And as a young girl growing up, I was I was already like I started having chronic health issues when I was very young and started having uh, hormone issues when I was very young and this related in a lot of weight uh, related issues that as a young person I was already feeling under a lot of pressure about and definitely resulted in some pretty damaging behaviors and thoughts for myself but I I feel actually very lucky because I watched other young girls and women go through absolute hell and this isn't a a modern thing this isn't necessarily a social media thing this isn't a new media thing although that definitely ramps things up I'm talking 20 years ago 30 years ago watching children develop eating disorders um watching young children whose favorite you know pastime was watching next top model and uh, growing up fantasizing about being Victoria's Secrets models. Like, I remember this huge scrutiny on the bodies of literal children, um, particularly people who were discovering their identity, developing their brains, learning things. You know, I, even I, as an athletic pre 16 year old, um, I, you know, strong larger broader in the shoulders than my friends current at the time undiagnosed hormone imbalances and uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome and all of these other fun things but like I had diets suggested to me pushed on me at 14 15 I was athletic I was 
busy. I was active. I just had a slightly larger body than the people around me and taking on those messages so young. Oh, it is so damaging. So look, arming children with a preemptive message before they reach that point of body acceptance, body neutrality, um, I, I fully support it. I, mm. I love that. Get it into schools. Get it in the faces of children who deserve to have preparation for the world of bombardment that they are going to suffer at the hands of cosmetics industry and diet industry and fashion industry and just the way that particularly young women but other people too are sexualized at young ages and um they children deserve some grounding uh in critical thinking around these areas beyond that taryn is also i believe only the 13th woman to ever win Australian of the year Mm. Uh, and I believe we're at 50 plus men who have won it (laughs) over the years so I'm not prepared to come out of the gate swinging at a woman who is trying to do the best she can by children Mm. yeah but then there's the big but (laughs) the thing I am most famous for the big but Uh, (laughs) yeah Uh, I do, obviously, there is lots to talk about when it comes to the acceptable face of uh, body positivity. And I will get into that, absolutely. But I just like my laser beam focus in right now in the how quickly, in her own words, in her own speech of acceptance, in her own social media posts, how quick she is to lay out all of these plans and ideals and immediately have the caveat of, I'm not glorifying obesity, though. And uh, then hinging her points on how how loving your body is going to make you take better care of it and is going to make it possible to be active, is going to make it possible to access um, diet and exercise. And the, the fact that that caveat is immediately required. Now, I kind of get it because I live in uh, the the internet, a place where I am consistently told that showing my fat, naked, trans body unashamed is disgusting or uh, that I, I need to take responsibility, that I don't care for myself and that I'm glorifying obesity in any way. And I love to ask these people, like, am I also glorifying disability? Um, am I also glorifying transness i mean cool uh (laughs) sure but i'm not we we know that existing in our bodies isn't about glorifying shit Mm -hmm. i just live here man like yeah (laughs) i live um and i don't I, I just, I hate this, this caveat of like, I, I promise we're not promoting obesity. And we're just talking about having like a bit of a mum tum and kids having positivity, yay. Um, overlooking this, firstly, the main grounding and need for body neutrality, body positive spaces that I, I get it. I have been in that place where I have scrutinized every part of myself and I've hated my body. And I have felt messaging from literally everywhere, inside the home, outside the home, on the TV, um, in, the, in the classroom, in 
the people I wanted to date in the, you know, I, we, we feel it from all sides and some of it's conscious and some of it's affecting us subconsciously. Um, you know, I've been there, but also there is a, at the core for me of body neutrality is this acknowledgement that I don't actually need to live in this state of I'm beautiful all the time and I don't need to live in a constant argument about whether thin equals healthy or whatever. Um, there are so many reasons that a person might be fat, mm -hmm. that a person might uh, be plus size or gain weight rapidly. Or that. And there are so many reasons for that. And the minute you just throw obese people i hate that fucking word but the minute you throw uh you know i'm not glorifying obesity you're throwing fat people under the bus in your body positivity movement without addressing actually the core of most of these beliefs which is an inherent fat phobia that people have and project on people whose bodies they are afraid of having themselves yes mm -hmm. As a disabled person, I feel this intersection so drastically because people are also terrified of the disabled. They might not realize that that's what it is, but um, some of them really do. And there is some actual active hatred. Uh, there is active disgust, but I think it mostly comes down to fear. The big thing for me and my disability activism is realizing that the vast majority of human beings will need services designed for disabled people at some point. Mm -hmm. um, our aging population are exactly who uh, are, are the main consumers of like accessibility devices and, and needs. Um, every single person, if they live long enough, will, will be in need of some accessibility from society. Um, Disabled is one of those, you know, few groups that live long enough, you're going to join, <laughs> whether you <laughs> like it or not. Mm -hmm. um, but because it's connected to aging, another thing we associate with uh, not being beautiful anymore. Um, of course, disability isn't about aging for all of us. Some of us uh, just roll those dice and start out uh, <laughs> with a head start on that. Yeah. But as a disabled person whose body is deeply affected by my illnesses, I don't want cishet white women's pink pussy hat versions of body positivity. And I think it does it take over this space that should forefront the experiences and voices of marginalized people, of people who not just internally suffer with the uh, pressures of the world uh, that make self-hatred, particularly of one's body, so prevalent. Um, but the external pressures that we, uh, pe people in those more marginalised fields, fat people, disabled people, people of colour, trans people, um, you know, migrants, like we, we're so much more scrutinised. Mm. Uh, and these movements have existed for us, for empowerment, for communication, and for bucking the trends of mainstream messaging mm. so like i don't know 
I, I've seen a little bit. I haven't, I will completely be upfront right here. I have not watched Embrace yet. Mm-hmm. I should, and I cannot comment on it. I saw a few like little clips as I was doing some reading. And I do note that in a lot of her promotional footage, there are photo shoots featuring a nice diverse cast of models. Um, obviously she has a platform now what i would love to see our australian of the year use her platform for is to share it is to invite other people onto that podium with her who can speak to the greater issues the broader spread of the subject and like where some of those deeper injustices are beyond oh we all get negative programming and the best thing to do is help kids you know uh, be armed and forewarned of that mm. okay well let's also while we're using this platform to talk about body positivity talk about how people from the marginalized groups I just mentioned uh, don't get trusted around their own bodies when it comes to medical care when it comes to transitioning when it comes to being disrespected because of ridiculous stereotypes about pain tolerances and um, and truly focusing in on combating that messaging that fat equals bad fat equals lazy fat equals will just do something about it and just be happier and go for a walk and (laughs) eat some fucking lettuce or whatever as if i don't love being outside and don't love a decent fucking salad and we need to not brush over the complexity of this issue it requires so much nuance but I'm aware like the internet and also five minute news stories are where nuance goes to die and we can't have these discussions which is Mm -hmm. why I love a space like this thank you for giving space to talk about it you're welcome you're most welcome as soon as this story was coming about I'm just like where because when this obviously obviously when something happens people want to like you know shout out their opinions and a lot of the opinions i was hearing of course many were many were valid many were interesting but a lot of the opinions that were getting the attention was cisgender white women that were that don't have bodies that is limited in society because of how society treats fat people like and I love what you said about the whole, like, yeah, it's all well and good to be all like, oh, I love your body or just be neutral about your body. But it's just like, that's all well and good. But like, how am I supposed to love my body or appreciate my body or just not have bad body image if I cannot sit in a plane or if I cannot seek medical treatment at a doctor without being shamed and just instantly being told, oh, you got to lose weight, even though you have a broken arm even though you might have endometriosis, you got to lose weight. That's the only way to do things. Like how are we meant to be, be body positive if the society doesn't cater to fat people? And I think it's still people fear fatness. Like even in Tyron's speech, like it's just like she was trying to say, I'm body positive, but don't worry, don't worry. There's no fatness here. There's no fatness. Because I think internally she just knows people still fear fatness. And it's just exhausting and i'm someone that is able-bodied and is fat and i just cannot imagine what it must be like for people that have disabilities and are fat as well or even just have disabilities like 
I myself as an able-bodied fat person feel the limitations of society just like with seats and buying clothes and going to doctors but like imagine having that extra thing as well like I just cannot imagine it so it's that's that's why it's so important like you can't just have a thin able-bodied cisgender white woman the face of body positivity and for a lot of people like especially the older generations especially the conservative people especially you know people that don't you know follow lgbt um, related news stories or know a lot about disabilities and stuff like that when they think body positivity they're just going to think think oh tyron brunfit that's body positivity i think that's the thing that scares me is like they're just going to think that's body positivity anything fatter than that anything more than that that's too much it's uh it is absolutely the concern and it becomes difficult because I become more and more increasingly aware of the delicious and lovely echo chamber I have built for myself in my wonderful community spaces. It, it's getting a bit culture shocky now when I will look at what the sort of more mainstream public discourse and debate around a subject is. Um, and look, being who I am with everything that I've got going on I am it, it obviously it's forced me to be forced me but it's driven me to be a lot more engaged in activism community seeking a company in the constant fight and misery <laughs> that is uh, forced by how how limiting and um inaccessible a lot of society is yeah, and in that fight, you know, you become more aware, and you be, you you're surrounded by people who know the language of discussing, um, you know, these very complicated layers upon layers when it comes to prejudices in society. It's never as simple as, well, I think I think fat people are great, so there's no fat phobia here. Like we all internalize, we all grow up with the same messages, or at least. A version of the messages for people who haven't had to consciously do the work because they haven't been presented with these barriers personally it can be very easy to buy into narratives and for what to us screams okay but like don't throw the fattest people here under the bus don't you know with your yeah. we're not promoting obesity like well maybe we could promote talking about it in a way that is conducive to actually not only including them in your movement, supporting us in your movement, but getting to the core of what your movement's about. Because mm -hmm. like with a front line in people's projected hatred against body image, right? It's not just about people hating themselves. And as a, as a performer, it's an ongoing joke for you know burlesquers and drag artists but the slightly salty I totally understand where it comes from but the feelings I get whenever a definitely well-meaning audience member gives me the you're so brave <laughs> moment and this is interesting to me because the fatter I get and the less apologetic I get about it, you know, I, I, I have been in a very large body for a very long time now, but there were periods in my early performance life when in the burlesque cabaret fetish performance um, avenues, 
I was still committed to presenting an acceptable hourglass body. Didn't matter that I was big because I have a massive chest and a massive ass. And if I fuck my ribs up beautifully by overlacing my corset just to create the most outrageous hourglass shape possible, then people would just be like, oh, wow, you look fabulous, rather than why is this fat bitch taking up all this time? Um, but the more I got unapologetic about it, and as I got older and I had more and more concerns with my um, physical health conditions and also my mental health conditions and the medications, all that rolled into one big happy time um more and more you're so brave you're so brave I could never do what you do and I know it comes from a place that other people aren't happy or confident or comfortable in their own bodies I totally hear that and they see somebody like me a person with a body that society tells them is wrong and I'm doing what I do in a way that is usually pretty hypersexual, usually not, you know, making fatness at all the feature of what I'm doing. I'm not one of these performers who I'm constantly making food jokes or, you know, more more cushion for the pushion or any of this. I'm just I'm just daddy, right? I'm just in in the room and I'm there to take care of you, make you have a good time, maybe make you question what you're into a little bit <laughs> with what I do. Um, and the, I think that's the bit that gets people is that I, I haven't made it part of my persona, part of my gimmick. Um, I'm just in this body. It's just my body. And when people say you're so brave, I know, I know what they mean is I couldn't do it because I don't feel that way. I don't feel that safe or secure in my body. I'm worried about judgment and scrutiny. I have spent my whole life judging and scrutinizing my body. I know that's what they mean when they say it. I can, I can he hear it and feel it. I don't ever want to be disrespectful to that because like, I get it. And the only thing that has helped me um, be less concerned about what anyone else thinks about my body is that I've practiced. I've practiced putting myself out there over and over again and pushing my own boundaries artistically um, to a point where my, my instrument, the shape and size of it doesn't matter. Uh, it's, it's what I do with it. But I definitely, 10 years ago me, feeling really good after a show and then a couple of days later, getting a link to a file with all of the event photos in and realizing I felt like I couldn't post a single one of them because I can see a double chin in that one and I can see cellulite in that one and I can see like I don't like the way my arm fat looks in that one and doing that to myself and not being able to not not even wanting to post a single memory of this thing I did that I loved and my art that I worked hard on because performance is ephemeral that's literally all there is of that performance and I've been there I've, I've, I've scrutinized myself so extremely and lost I, I didn't even save half of them like lost my records of my own work mm. so I get it but at the same time what you're saying when you say that you know fat people are being brave and disabled people are being brave just by doing shit other people do but doing it whilst fat or whilst disabled or whilst you know queer um you're just reinforcing this world where there is an expected 
way to look to live uh, and I don't I, I keep coming back to that whole like confidence is just courage you know in a different fucking dress yeah and I, f- I feel that and I'm not I'm not saying that it, it comes easy at all but when you are forced into a place of if I don't love and accept this body literally maybe no one else ever will I really felt like that for a while when people did love my body it was usually in a highly fetishized way um and you know I've been a fetish performer and in that community for a really long time so I I can feel the difference between being, you know, accepted and being fetishized. And don't get me wrong, sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's, I've profited off it. And uh, sometimes I've, um, you know, enjoyed going fishing for people who enjoy that shit. But <laughs> the point is that real prejudice and real conflict against fatness and disability and transness was like, pushed me to a place where I'm going to have to be the one to accept this body, to understand what's going on with this body because I have decades of medical trauma from being denied, misunderstood, just told to lose weight constantly without any, for the most part, support around why I might actually be fat in the first place, around the fact that I have a a documented history of eating disorders of, um, again, don't want to go into a massive amount of detail, but like these Mm -hmm. things about body acceptance, I lost a lot of my teeth to daily vomiting. I am also, also sick and poor and disabled and an artist not known for its, you know, massive fund generation abilities. So I can't even afford to fix a lot of the problems that these systemic issues brought up for me um, further adding to my, you know, the amount of stigma against having missing, visibly missing teeth. Um, it, it can be really embarrassing. I, I can feel people judging me and I, you know, I can, I have these questions come up uh, the idea that I might ever have to attend like a vanilla normal job interview again and how I would immediately be perceived as a fat shaved headed trans person with missing teeth um i know what those programmed assumptions people are going to have are they are going to make assumptions around my character around my um dedication you know if i can't look after my body how trustworthy am i those programmed messages the i must be lazy i must be a slob i must be um you know an active Um, drug addict which again no addict shaming here Mm. but these are the assumptions all linked to the way that I appear and that barrier already where, where those intersections become like really important to talk about because if I can't even apply for a job like that without being judged purely on my physical and visual my chances of getting a job that will pay me well enough or give me good enough healthcare benefits to actually address some of the issues caused by these long, complex, 
interwoven laundry list of medical issues that I have. Um, how would how are we even supposed to address, get support, get help, even if I did have that insurance, that security, those finances, the likelihood of a specialist even understanding, listening, and not just prescribing another thing that is going to uh, attempt to help with weight loss, but actively end up damaging one of my other systems that is already so um, under strain from my chronic illnesses. Mind blowing. We'll be back in just a moment, but first I wanna talk to you all about today's sponsor, Peach the Label. Peach the Label is making waves in the mid-size and plus-size space here in Australia. Firstly, and most importantly, Feature Label is size inclusive. Their clothes range from size 14 through to 28. So as a size 24, 26 gal, this of course just makes my heart sing. Their clothes are also affordable, ethically sourced, and the fabrics are just so deliciously soft. As someone that cannot handle the heat and is pretty much sweating 24-7, Peach the Label is my go-to brand this hot summer. Peach the Label have been kind enough to offer our listeners a 20% discount store-wide. Use the code FATONIZE20 at checkout and get 20% off your entire order. Find your next summer wardrobe essentials at peachthelabel.com.au. Peach the Label, the boutique label for babes with a booty. Now, back to the podcast. So another topic I do want to talk about with you, this has just been coming up in the past 24, 48 hours. I assume you've probably definitely have seen this about Sam Smith as someone that is prominent in the the eye roll. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So... As someone that is in the queer community and that um, also as your job as well, you're amongst the queer community, I can imagine there's been discussions. And so I'll give a bit of a brief rundown to listeners and then I'll ask you the question I'm really keen to hear your thoughts on. So brief rundown, Sam Smith, who I adore them. They are just this fabulous artist that, and they're coming to Australia, which I'm so flipping excited for. Like I lost my shit when I found that out. And so basically, uh, Sam Smith, they recently released a new music video, a new music video. Um, oh, I lost the name of the music video. Um, I'm not here. I had to like re-listen to the song in my head. I'm not here to make friends. That's right. And it was just, I didn't see any drama with it. It was just a sexy video in a castle, whatever. But all these people on social media, particularly Twitter, was shaming Sam Smith for the way that they were dressing. They were wearing this gorgeous white corset with these white nipple nipple pasties. And there was a scene of them, I think it was like water spraying in their face at the back of their head, stuff like that. It wasn't that chaotic. Like, it was nothing. It really was not the, I don't, it really wasn't the most, like I've seen, there's been some music videos that like go full on. And that was, that was, that was nothing. Like it was just bit of fun, bit of sexy. Anyway, so the people on Twitter, there's been a lot of conversations on Twitter about people shaming Sam Smith and shaming their queerness and shaming their bodies. And this got me thinking about the whole that, And but the thing is, it wasn't just conservatives, it was also people in the queer community shaming Sam Smith, which still got me to thinking how not only, as we discussed before, there is an acceptable 
fat person. There's, there's an acceptable version of the person that there's an exceptional, yeah, sorry, word vomit. There is an acceptable version of what the body positive movement is, what a body positive person is. But there also is the acceptable version of what a queer person is. A queer person cannot be fat. A queer person cannot, oh, wow, what did someone word it as? They word it as like, oh, you know, like it's, I'm fine with you being gay and all, but, you know, just don't like, you know, rub it in my face or stuff like that. So, Sev, as someone that is a queer, non-binary drag artist, do you feel like you rub it in people's faces of your queerness with your drag? <laughs> well, only if they pay extra. And if they pay extra, yes. <laughs> if, if the tip's big enough, I'll rub anything they want in their faces. <laughs> Look, is it, this, is, this is a bullshit. <laughs> Ongoing nonsense. Right? Mm -hmm. I, the amount of scrutiny put on queer bodies is already so intense and so brutal um, and this is like watching the LGBTQ plus like community cannibalize itself through Twitter discourse is just, you know, apparently it's one of our favorite, uh, pastimes. Uh, I am absolutely exhausted by it, but mm. yeah, also I live for the drama. So <laughs> <laughs> obviously there is no way to be queer there is no one way to be queer there is no one way to present yourself and I for one am super here for flamboyance for campery and it doesn't need to be styled to anyone's aesthetic uh preferences right you could not like it it cannot be your taste don't fucking wear it then that's fine you don't have to there is no law that you now have to wear like nipple pasties and sequin jumpsuits and shit you don't have to i on the other hand i can love to oh. and, I'm, <laughs> and i'm gonna continue doing it um but look this is the whole thing like as a drag artist specifically um i i've actually only been doing drag for i don't know four or five years now i think time is a complete lie but i have been doing cabaret burlesque and other types of performance musical performance for you know more than a decade before that so this is a thing I've been embroiled in the whole time but I do like as a drag artist it's my job most of the time to outside of clubs where people already come and celebrate local queer culture and this is a thing people who have extreme opinions about what queer people do in the public eye in their music videos and in high budget movies and tv shows um so few of them, I can guarantee, have ever stepped foot inside their local drag bar. <laughs> so few of yes! them. Yes, so freaking true. Oh, I'm not saying there aren't plenty of drag bars out there that don't still only give platforms to, you know, cis white twinks in expensive wigs and sequin dresses. Like it absolutely <laughs> exists. There's a few in me engine, but there are also so many more drag events that showcase the most incredible variety of people styles body types genders it doesn't fucking matter every queer event that i go to i am delighted to constantly be surrounded by such diversity mm -hmm. 
and the, some of the some of the fiercest performers I know are plus size. Some of the fiercest performers I know are trans. Some of the fiercest performers I know have a type of like aesthetic style that borders on chaotic ugly, and it's awesome. It's hot as fuck. <laughs> um, because yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to look beautiful in a pageant gown sometimes? But it's not the be all and end all of this art form of expression and of queer joy anybody coming in to yuck somebody's yum when it comes to expressing themselves authentically with queer joy can get fucked i i just don't have time for it and yeah like my, my job as a as a drag performer yeah should just be being an artist entertaining an audience presenting fun things for them and like keeping that party going being a being a f- the flagpole so that you know the queers know where it's safe to be and where where we can gather and where we're gonna party that that should be the job and yeah I spend a lot of my time explaining to people that outside of those areas that what I do is nothing like RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> um <laughs> even even <laughs> even Drag Race is like really trying its hardest to change its image over the last few years we've had oh, yeah such celebration of trans bodies and you know fierce fat queens and the occasional sprinkling of macho drag (laughs) um where where we can enjoy drag king looks without actually giving any money to any drag kings that's a different argument for another day but uh oh my goodness oh (laughs) you know like sam smith I, I am not a pop music guy. That is mm-hmm. no surprise to anybody. My music tastes <laughs> just like my fashion sense got left in the late 90s. And like, I get it. That's just where I live yes. emotionally. I love that. Um, and pop music, less my thing than metal and grunge. But the queer experience and so much of my time spent in gay clubs over the last like five, 10 years that, Every time I watch a rundown of like best pop songs of the year or whatever at the end of the year, I'm like, oh yeah, do I do all know these? How do I know all of these? Because I spent all my time in gay clubs. <laughs> I have been forced to learn pop culture. Um, and the, the thing that makes me delight delighted about Sam Smith outrage is just like it's the kind of queer representation that is designed to outrage a particular type of person yeah i just hate seeing other queers buy into it i I just hate you know like get get that publicity from the same satanic panic crowd of right-wing boomers who want to complain about how everything's being rubbed in our faces and these degenerates these days like yeah absolutely piss those guys off that's hilarious yeah. And also <laughs> generates great publicity, great coverage. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm mm. not even mad about it. But there's this sense of other queers judging what is right or wrong, how somebody should dress their fat body um, or their, their, you know, changing body even, just being in the public eye and going through any kind of body change is so actively scrutinised. Um, maybe we can just get back to the bit where like it's joyful and camp and art and expression uh, and we don't have to I I will also admit I haven't seen the video and 
maybe I will go and watch it later and be like, oh, this is actually hideous and horrendous. But oh, it would be tame for you. <laughs> yeah. If I do feel that, it certainly won't be about the outfit, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love what you said, though, about with the queer community and with Drag Race, they'll have all these opinions, yet they don't support local artists. As someone that is a Drag Race fan, I love Drag Race so much. It's, it has been very upsetting to see, although not surprising, it's been going on for bloody years and just been getting worse and worse every single season with the show and as they expand with the franchises. How often people just don't understand drag as they watch it? Like, say, if there's uh, two drag artists that are, you know, talking to each other in a way that might not be the, the normal way, like, between, like, you know, in a an office setting or something like that then it's then if it's nothing like that then it's like oh my god they hate each other even though this was one year ago oh my god this is a monstrosity and and it's gotten to the point so far like even a queen from the latest um episode their platform has been taken down and they are a fat queen and they already would struggle with getting a platform as it is because they're a uh, fat drag artist it's just so upsetting and just tiresome and honestly boring that queer people attack are taking down other queer people because they're not the acceptable queer type or they happen to be disabled they happen to be trans they happen to be fat like it's just it's just disappointing and it's just boring like as you said if it's conservatives giving us shit like absolutely i'm here for it like it's just funny but when it's like part of the queer community it's just Oh, like you don't like this is the thing you don't have to love it you don't have to mm, love everyone every yes. artist every style it doesn't have to be for you mm. I I fully support that there's some shit that is just not my taste and that doesn't that doesn't mean anything about how talented skilled incredible beautiful these performers are yes. it's literally just like that's not my bag but that's okay because I'm gonna step outside and vape for five minutes or go to the bar <laughs> or whatever yeah and I'll be back in five minutes for a different act that might be absolutely fucking incredible and that's the thing with diverse casting like it's not just about diversity of you know quotas um Mm. but like of expression ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. To conclude today's podcast episode, myself and my guests normally share our fave fat-friendly finds of the week. And I'm very keen to hear what your suggestions are. As someone that is in the queer scene, that's also in the, the arts and the drag scene, I'm very keen to hear what are some of your recommendations of fave fat-friendly finds that actually cater to the plus-size community? So I was thinking about this. I have two that I'd really like to shout out. And mm-hmm. one is a business and one is a service right so uh, I really loved that a little while ago I heard you shout out Amore Binders here in Australia huge appreciate their stuff is amazing Um, for my fellows who pack there is an incredible company called mypackftm.com mypack they make the mypack strap 
they also make packers. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, packing is the art of using a any form of molded um, or makeshift uh, false phallus. And a pack strap is a piece of underwear or under underwear that holds that in place underneath uh, your clothing so that uh, you don't have to go through the same embarrassment that I have been through many times in gay club bathrooms of just trying to have a drunk piss and taking my underwear off and having my dick literally fall out of my pants and onto the floor and flop <laughs> roll under the stall into the next cubicle just Stop. for some like more than once Demi just oh, for some like no. really lovely gay just trying to do his business in private and like have a bump of coke yeah. <laughs> just be like mate I think you dropped your dick thank you so much no more questions asked uh, so my pack strap is designed so that never has to happen um and what i really really love about them is that not only do they already go up to a reasonable uh reasonably sized 3xl they oh, also uh invite you if you would like custom sizing above that all you have to do is leave it in the comments they will make it custom with no extra charges that i can see and that just, uh, that's really delightful to me because as a fat trans person, trans masculine, non-binary person, particularly finding binders and pack straps that work for me um, has been really difficult. And mm. there have only been a few companies that I felt really provided access to those things for me. So definitely my pack strap. Very mm. cool. Now, the other side is that I am, um, I don't always bind. Sometimes I wear a bra. Most of the time I wear nothing at all because this is Queensland and it's hot. And this also, heat is disgusting. Oh. I'm the worst human being when it gets hot. Oh my God. Properly filthy, disgusting, hot here. Um, I gave up wearing bras a long time ago, not because I didn't like the look of it sometimes, but just because I, I also one of my conditions causes a lot of pain in my ribs um, mm. and close spondylitis can cause like some really intense crushing rib pain that sometimes makes it feels like my ribs are trying to pop through my own lungs. Not my favorite, would not recommend it. Um, no. Not my favorite. No. So sometimes uh, wearing a binder can be an absolute nightmare. Mm. Sometimes wearing a, a, I mean, basically all the time it got to wearing a bra became an absolute nightmare. Yeah. And I also just got sick of the experiences I was having, not just as a trans person, but just as a fat person in a capitalist society when I'm already at the highest end, or I thought I was at the highest end of like the plus size bras that were available to me and feeling like I was kind of getting pressure sold, conned on bras when I was going for fittings because even, you know, the city chics and the big girls don't cry kind of, brands of this world were still just like oh no we can shove you in there look that fits that works and i you know it was you know, stretch like, it was stretch after a few washes it was stretch exactly that line <laughs> it's like oh i know it doesn't touch the middle right now but like this needs time to stretch on your multi your body and shit and the Feels. you know what it's yeah right and you know what it's yep. like because it's not like we're buying 12 dollar kmart bras right this, mm. i couldn't buy a bra for less than a hundred dollars unless it was like a city chic members deal or whatever these yeah. are expensive pieces you're having to invest in every time and almost every time i was getting home and even if the bra was beautiful and i was excited for how it was going to make me feel and look um they never fucking fit yeah. they literally 
never fit. And even when I had someone fit me, they didn't fit. Uh, when I went to, you know, independent stores, didn't fit. And I just, it was too much pain and too much stress and I just gave the fuck up. And then very, very recently, I stumbled across a bra that fits. Uh, so okay. this, it's, this is literally a website called a bra that fits. It's called a bra that fits calculator. The website is a bra that fits.org. Mm-hmm. Um, it has the most unique measuring system I've ever seen. Okay. So not only does it take your standard measurements without, without wearing a bra, Mm-hmm. take your underbust and your overbust measurements it also has a bent over at a right angle hanging measurement and a lying down on your back width spread measurement oh i love them oh my god and then you input all of the, that data into the website and it spits out your bra sizing based on you know um a database of collected information and the the number it spat out for me, I was like, well, that's why no bras ever fucking fit before. <laughs> I don't even know if they make those in Australia. <laughs> Started, I, I literally couldn't find, even the Australian stockists who have large sizes, like did not have this band and cup size and stuff. Yeah. Found, a, found a store in England, ordered myself a bra completely blind using these measurements, a thing that I know from experience never works and the first bra I ordered using this measurement technique I put on I was like oh shit have I literally never worn a bra that fits before because this is a completely different experience yeah oh Um, that's amazing so I I can't recommend it enough for literally anybody who wants to buy a bra at any size um and I've I've since gone and looked at their reddit um and a lot of the uh, community and conversation around there and seeing that it has been a massive help for a lot of trans women who don't necessarily have access to anywhere they would feel safe going and getting fitted in person. Mm-hmm. Um, people who live rurally and don't have access to that. And just people like me who are a weird, uh, unstockable or just huge fucking size who don't even know where to start. Um, it, yeah, can't recommend it enough, a bra that fits.org. I am literally going to that as soon as we finish this chat. I am so keen because, yes, I struggle too because so often I will put on a bra and then I'll be like, I swear this fit last week or put on the bra that's the same size from a different store and it doesn't fit as well. It's just because my boobs, they go, they're like, they've they've dropped, obviously, because I'm reaching my 30s. They've dropped, but they've somehow like gone towards my armpit area. They're Mm kind of like, so like the dropping area makes such a difference then with cup sizes and stuff like that. So I'm so so much. I'm so Oh yeah, please do. I I really think it was those extra measuring steps because I I have very large chest. It's always been very full, but Mm. I'm also like in my mid thirties and have like massive hormone fluctuations. So like I, I have dropped, I have had some looseness in the top. I I, I go out on the wide. The mm. difference between me wearing a bra and not wearing a bra, like for somebody with such a large chest, because the rest of me is quite large, when I bind, um, there's kind of enough of me to make binding give quite a good flat feeling and illusion even on my like very large chest, just because yeah. my shoulders are so big and my, you know, the rest of me is so big, it kind of balances out. 
But the difference between, you know, how flat my boobs can go in that way, but also then putting on a, you know, an underwire bra that fits and suddenly the projection I have because of the amount of hair is so far forward. Um, I love it. Like, it's actually, I feel like a bit of a genderqueer superhero where I can just be like, today I'm, I'm wearing my battle tits today. Um, I love it so much. You're just like, oh, I'm not really feeling tits today, you know. Nah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, <laughs> I love I, it. I fully intend after getting top surgery, I think I'm, you know, very seriously considering at this stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fully intend after I get top surgery to buy a big silicon breastplate uh, <gasps> so I can still do big tit drag because, like, that yes. aesthetic I adore. But, mm. um, you know, taking your bra off at the end of the day is already such a great feeling. I can't wait to just like unstrap the whole silicon weight of the tits and just be done with it. <laughs> yeah, just just like don't drop your breasts though in the toilet. So just don't drop your breasts though. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if they would flop and roll under the stool quite as well as just my Mister Limpy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just imagining like a breastplate, just like. Actually, you know what? And in the gay bars, especially in Brizzy here, I can definitely imagine a breastplate just chilling in the bathroom corner or something like that. Honestly, the things you see in those dressing rooms. Oh, <laughs> breastplates are least of people's worries. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, my recommendations. I where is? I need to bring it up on my phone because I cannot remember anything for the life of me. So there are a lot of plus size dedicated events coming up across Australia this month and next month, which is so exciting, which is so awesome. And one of them that I do want to mention is Big Thick Energy. They've, they're collaborating with a curvy market in New South Wales and also in Victoria. So I definitely would check out Big Thick Energy on Instagram and they're just fabulous and they're collaborating with a plus markets in early February and then the radically soft markets, which is in Sydney in late February. And there's just so many amazing curvy dedicated events coming up. Um, not only that, there was also, there's also Adelaide. They're having some, uh, curvy, uh, markets as well. So it's yeah, pre-loved stuff. And then also brands as well. They're having some events coming up in February. So it's just, it's just nice. Finally, we're finally getting some plus size dedicated events. It's just nice. More, more places for the fat bitches. I'm loving it. Oh, yes. 100%. And look, um, while we're shouting out here in me and Jin coming up soon, there is a new show. I'm not involved with it personally. I just love to see it. It's called Curvesque Burlesque. <gasps> yes. A show entirely of curvy plus size fat performers um, celebrating larger bodies. Uh, their tagline it was just like big bold burlesque and I love that I love to see it and I think uh as an audience member I'm so excited for the energy in that room um I, I just love that I'm ashamed of celebration of just like power beauty and sexuality of fat bodies that's you know the thing I'm most passionate about the thing I feel like is my calling in this world is not just you know talk shit about my feelings about things but like I want people to leave my shows and leave leave these these shows with a sense of sexy powerful beautiful people don't have any one body type any one look um and yeah just just more celebration big beautiful bold artists Thank you so much, my dear, for coming on to today's show. I greatly appreciate it. I greatly appreciate 
hearing your stories, hearing your perspectives and just learning so much from you as well. So I just greatly appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Demi. Super appreciate it. Thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast episode. All this information that we've just rambled out at you, that we've just thrown at you will be in today's show notes. And yes, please give Sev a follow on Instagram and check out the upcoming events. And I just greatly appreciate you all for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed our chat, please give us a rating, a review, and please also subscribe wherever you're listening to today's podcast. I will I will see you all next week. Bye. Bye. This podcast was sponsored by Peach the Label. Australia's go-to destination for mid and plus size fashion. We at Fatanize pay our respect to the traditional custodians of the Mianjin land. This land is and always will be Aboriginal land.